Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Amen. Awesome. Great to see you today. Welcome on this June beautiful Sunday morning. Who's enjoying the weather? Let's just dive in today. Clear the stage for God's supernatural help today. And uh, as I shared with our leaders in our time of prayer this morning, uh, we just, we need God's help. And uh, man, we're, we're doing some neat things with the church and changes and renovations. And I've been saying it week after week after week that I just sense that God's doing not only physical renovations, but God's doing more importantly, spiritual renovations in our hearts, in our lives, and as a church. And uh, <clears throat> that's my prayer. As we, as we make physical transformations and changes, that more importantly, God's doing a spiritual work in us and through us, and he's going to do that. And uh, uh, when we're approached with the vision that God has for us to make a difference, we realize how inadequate we really are. Right. You know, that we need God's help. We need his empowerment and his help. So that's what today is all about is, is just recognizing our need for his help. That when we read the scriptures, it's easy sometimes to say, well, you know, that, that was for then, and, but uh, that is for today, too. We, you know, nothing's changed. We need God's help today. You know, they needed God's help 2,000 years ago, and we need God's help today. Number one, we're going to just dive right in this morning. Number one is the mission for Jesus' disciples was humanly impossible because Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. So it was humanly impossible. What was his commission? Matthew 28, it's in your notes there. It says, Jesus, his final words to his disciples, hey, you know what? I'm going away, therefore go and basically continue what I've been doing. Go and make disciples of Jerusalem, of Edders, of Lewis Bear. No, make disciples of all nations, right? Make disciples of all nations, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I have a hard time teaching our kids to obey everything I command them. You know, like, how am I to teach them everything Jesus commanded? You know, like, we need God's help, you know? Parents, we need God's help. In the natural, this was humanly impossible. Can you imagine just the faces of Peter, faces of Thomas and John and James and all the disciples are like, uh, wait a second, I thought, Jesus, you rose from the dead. It's, it's all good now. You're going to reign on the throne. And he's like, I'll be in heaven on the throne, but you're going to be here making disciples of all the nations. How could, think of, think of this, how could ordinary, the Bible calls them ordinary, unschooled men. And they'd eventually go into the Sanhedrin and, and the religious leaders, they'd say, you know, these are just ordinary rednecks. You know, they did just... These are just country bumpkins. They didn't get much school, and they didn't get to the right place. And how are they turning the world upside down? It'd be like Jesus leaning over to Peter and saying, Hey, Peter, I know that you denied me three times, but uh, I want you to be my witness to the nations. Hey, Thomas, I know that you doubted that I rose from the grave, but I want you to be my witness to the nations on their own and in their own strength and power, they could not do it. Have you ever faced a 
difficult. I, I won't even say, have you ever faced a difficult assignment before? Something that was just really hard. You know, you just, you know, you had to study hard. Maybe kids, this is end of school. Have you had a really hard exam? Yeah, you're like, I got to study for this exam. If I don't study, I'm going to fail this exam. You know, I ha- I've had those. I can remember math was my favorite in school, one of my favorites, until I got to calculus. And that wasn't, I wouldn't even call that math. That's like, I'm sorry, Mark, Mike, close your ears. Calculus to me, I just, I just, I couldn't comprehend. It's too abstract for me. Anyone else? Like math, I, who loved calculus? Come on, raise your hands. We have a few engineers in the room. Yeah, that's I know, Mike. He's like, he he could tutor me, but there was no amount of studying that I could. I just there was something too abstract. I was good with algebra. I could x's and o's and y's and g's and all those, you know, the equations. But then we got into cal- and maybe it was my instructor, my teacher, but for me it felt humanly impossible, or maybe just difficult. We're in this we're in this kick with our kids. Uh, we just started watching. How many like the show Man vs. Wild? Huh? Come on, we're my survivors out at the. We got we got a lot of survivors over here. So we stumbled upon this on Netflix, of course, and uh, we don't we don't like to watch commercials. Anyone not like to? So we just stay away from cable. We just watch Netflix. We can skip the commercials. So we've been watching Man vs. Wild, and these are I'd say difficult assignments. All right. The other day, he was sleeping in a parachute on the edge of a cliff. I was like, that's just crazy, you know? <laughs> he was eating scorpions and put a worm. It was just like, you know, those are some difficult assignments. I bet he has to, you know, he's climbing steep faces of mountains. I bet, I bet he has to train, you know? I, fig- I figured, you know what, he probably does, doesn't go home and sit around watching TV and eating, like, pizza and soda like <clears throat> some of us some of me do, but, you know, he probably trains. He probably goes into the, you know, trains at the gym and works out, and he's he's ready for those tough right. assignments, right. you know? But what if they threw him out of a plane? What if they threw him out of a plane without a parachute? Knowing Bear Grylls, he'd probably survive somehow, you know? He'd hop a, yeah, that's right, he'd hop a ride on a, on a, on a cloud and a bird, and he'd like, ah, the eagle would swoop down and save him, but for us, that'd be humanly impossible. It's like, ah, it would be a quick journey down to the ground. Have you ever faced something humanly impossible? Something that you say, there's no amount of studying, there's no amount of trying, there's no amount of effort, there's no amount of me doing that I can do this. And that's the weight of the mission of Jesus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Number two, because his mission was impossible humanly, they needed God's supernatural help. They needed, it wasn't an option. Well, maybe if you have time, let's let's turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter one. Jesus knew that his disciples needed supernatural help. So he basically told them this, and if you, if you leave forgetting everything, just remember this. Before you go, wait. Turn to your neighbor and say, before you go, wait. Doesn't make sense, right? It's kind of like oxy, you know, something that's, you know, it's counterintuitive. But his lesson, his command, his instruction to them was basically, go make disciples, but before you go, wait. Let's look at Acts chapter 1 this morning. <clears throat> 
starting with verse 4, says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. Someone say, wait. He says, Which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water or immersed in water, but in a few days you will be immersed or you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they get into a theological discussion. Hey, is this the time you're going to come and establish your kingdom? And he basically says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by his own authority, but here's your responsibility. But you will receive power. Or maybe you can say you will receive God's supernatural help when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Jesus, we need your help today. We thank you for your word. It's, it's truth. It's life. It's a foundation for us spiritually. It's a foundation for our families, for our relationships. So Jesus, help us to hear your word. Help us to understand your word. But most importantly, help us to obey your word, that we need your supernatural help, that we can't do what you've called us to do without you. We can't be who you've called us to be without your help. So Jesus, create in us a humility, create in us a a desire that we would have your enablement, that we would have your help, that you would send the Holy Spirit to to empower us to make a difference, to be a witness, to make disciples of all nations. And someone said, Amen. Amen. So Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Says this, after this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid from their sight. Says they were looking intently at the sky, and he and uh, says two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Verse twelve. Then the apostles returned to. Jerusalem. Wait, I thought he says go and make disciples of all nations. Get out of Dodge and start, you know, multiply and reproduce. But they returned to Jerusalem because Jesus' instructions was them, before you go, wait, right? So they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. The Sabbath, they walked from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James. They all joined together, verse 14, constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Skipping ahead, chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together doing the same thing. They were in one place. They were praying, right? Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It reminds me, the other day we were we had our construction project, and uh, <clears throat> I knew I was like, I'm probably going to use my Sawzall and some tools that I have, and some cordless tools, and 
And uh, if you've ever learned the painful lesson before, have anyone with cordless tools, have you forgotten to charge your tools all the way? And, and I made that mistake a few times. So I, I knew, I was like, I'm going to need my tools, so I'm going to go home and I'm going to charge my tools ahead of time. Because you know what? A cordless tool is useless without a battery, right? You know, you might be able to beat a nail in, but you, it's going to eventually break. But, you know, I couldn't cut things with, with a cordless tool if there was no battery uh, plugged in there that was fully powered and operational. Jesus says, before you go, wait for my empowerment. He has an assignment for his disciples. He wants them to make disciples of all the nations. But he says, before you go, you need to wait. Have you ever gone into a situation unprepared? Maybe going back to the school scenario, have there, has there been that test that you were worried about that you just you, know, you just didn't study like you thought you should have or you forgot about and your teacher's like, all right, close your books. And you're like, that's the worst thing here. Like, close my way. No, this is class. Like, open my, open my, but no, close your books, put all your things away. And you're like, and it's just like that lump in your throat. Like, goop, I forgot to study. Or maybe I didn't study enough. Or, oh, I'm in the wrong class. I, anyone go in the wrong class before? <clears throat> Maybe you failed to make a reservation. You thought you did, or you thought she did, or you, th- you thought he did, and, and you get there, like, nope, your name's not here. Nope, you, this hotel, no, we don't have your hotel room, and we're all booked up. Sorry, you know, like. Maybe you're making a big purchase, and you failed to do your research. Or maybe it was an impulse, like, hey, we're just going to go buy a new thing, and we're going to buy, a, you know, sometimes appliances die, and you have to go buy something, and you don't have time to research. You're like, I got to go and trust that Lowe's or Home Depot is going to hook me up. We don't have H.H. Gregg anymore. Remember H.H. Gregg? Now it's Ollie's. I haven't even been to the new one yet, but you got to trust those places. Like, I hope they're feeding me the right information, you know? But sometimes you feel, like, unprepared and unready, I'm sure Jesus' disciples felt like that. Make disciples of all the nations. Are you sure, Jesus? Can you just stay with us a little bit longer? And then he's out of their presence, and they're like, they're stuck staring at the sky. Basically, the angel's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> Why are you gazing? We could have had a, we could have had a, a religion of, of the cloud gazers, right? You just stand out and look at the clouds like, that could have been us. But the angel says, go, you got, you got something to do. And so they went back and they prayed and they prayed. And they say, Jesus, we need your help. We can't, we can't reach the nations without you. God, you, you said to go and to, to wait for the gift, the pro- promise of the Father. And so they went and they waited and they prayed. And Jesus heard their prayers and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. Because Jesus said to them, before you go, wait because they needed his supernatural help. And as a result of Acts chapter 2 and as, as a result of that empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you can read the book of Acts and it's like this magnificent story adventure of faith and spirit empowerment. Let's just look at a few examples, all right? Acts chapter 3, just because it's kind of the next, the next scenario here, the next scene if you will. The book of Acts, if you're struggling spiritually or maybe you feel a little 
dry. I'm like, we all go through those seasons. Okay, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't always feel close to the Lord, all right? I don't always feel the goosebumps and the ooey-gooey's, and sometimes it just life is life, right? And uh, But I know there's, there's one book that I can return to. Like, if I feel like dry spiritually, it's usually I'm going to read the book of Acts because I feel I, I'm reminded of those core ideas of that we need God's empowerment. We need his spirit. Let's see in the stories of miraculous things taking place. And so I'd encourage you, maybe you've never read the book of Acts. Maybe your action step today is, you know, I'm going to take the next week or so and I'm going to read through the book of Acts. And I tell you, you're going to, you're going to walk away like, man, I want God. I want what they had. You know, I want I want to walk that way. I want to pray for people and see God do miraculous things. I want to, I want to share my my witness in a bold Way. Acts chapter 3, we see here, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the church is established. The church is growing. And then it says here in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple. I'd say that was a humanly impossible situation. A man who was crippled from birth, right? He was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I don't have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Man, he, they didn't have money. They didn't have. They didn't have prestige. They didn't have. They didn't have all that. But they had faith. They had the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you know, in the name of Jesus, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet. He began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising. God, that was a humanly impossible thing that became possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. God's supernatural help. I encourage you, next week we have Father's Day, and we're bringing in a special missionary, and he's seen this type of things all over the world. They go and plant churches all in these really difficult situations. He was in Indonesia, and he's going to have all kinds of stories I'm sure he'll share with us. But situations just like this of the lame walking and, and feet coming together and the blind seeing. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit is still doing that today. Maybe we don't see it the same in, here in American circles where everyone's so rational and has to have a reason and has got to line up. But, I mean, we, we also have modern medicine. We can go to the doctor and take things. And, but Jesus still does miracles today. Acts chapter 4. Because of what Peter and John did and healed this man, they had to deal with the consequences from their religious authorities. They were stepping on their turf, right? It says this in verse 1, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. 
but many who heard the message believed. And the number of men grew to about 5,000. Skipping down to verse 7, it says, They had Peter and John brought before them, began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? And then it says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Luke, the, the gospel writer here, he's, he's, he's recording all the acts of Jesus and the early church, and every word is so important and intentional. It's not just some, he was filled, he was filled there was an intentionality to his description of Peter's actions that day. Because there was moments in Peter's life before that time where he was not filled with the Holy Spirit, and he, right. he spoke things that he wished he wouldn't have said, Right? right? But now Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's giving witness, right? Whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. He's bearing witness. He's bearing testimony of Jesus, his his resurrection, of his truth, of his power. Verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary hicks, just like all of us, right? They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. One more, Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, starting with verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of the Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Because earlier on, Jesus says, you know what, you're going to need the Holy Spirit because he's going to give you the words to speak. And this is an example of the words. That he, it wasn't Stephen's wisdom. It wasn't his words. It was the Holy Spirit helping him to know what to say. And man, there's going to be questions that we're faced with. There are people ask us questions and we're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit to know, how do I answer? You know, what do I say? Skipping to verse 51. He addresses, he addresses them. He, he kind of shares the whole history of Israel and God's intervention and salvation history. And he, he kind of gets real confrontational with them. He says, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You have received the law and was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. Verse 54, when they heard this, they were 
furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and said, and they yelling at the top of their lungs, at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Similar to what Jesus said on the cross, right? God, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's get it a little more personal today, number three. Because it's easy if we can read those stories. Oh, well, that's great for them. That's not 2019 anymore, you know? Or is it? Number three, because God's mission for us today is still the same. His mission for you and for me is still, it hasn't changed. He said, well, now I guess everyone's discipled. Now we can, is uh, act, act two, you know, or scene three. No, this is still happening. He says, you still need to make disciples of all nations. Because it's still the same, because it's still humanly impossible, we still need God's supernatural help. Because it's the same, because it's still humanly impossible, we still need God's supernatural help. Make disciples of all nations. We can't do it on our own or in our own strength. We need his supernatural help. The danger for us today is, as the church, or especially maybe here in American church, is sometimes we can try to do it on our own we can try to be who God calls us to be in our own strength. We can try to do what he's called us to do. We just have effort and we just will work harder. And we'll, You know, there needs to be effort. You need to have a good work ethic. But we need to realize that there's a spiritual assignment. That there's people that we come in contact with. Maybe they don't look crippled on the outside, but in their hearts and in their spirit, there's a crippled that needs Jesus. And there's no words that you can say, the right words that convince them. They need that, that there needs to be a supernatural work that's done in their heart, in their mind. You know those family members you've talked to and you invited, and you're like, oh, yeah. There needs to be a supernatural work that's done in their life. We still need God's supernatural help. Dr. John Wyckoff writes this. He says, the church today like the church in the book of Acts, needs the dynamic power of the Spirit to enable it to evangelize the world effectively and build the body of Christ. So Jesus continues to say to us, before you go, wait, because you need my supernatural help. I want to read one last story because I feel like there's a season where moving into as a, as a culture, as a society, and, I, and as, a, as a reminder of why we need his empowerment today. Let's, let's continue in Acts chapter 8. It's right after the stoning of Stephen. And it says this at the very beginning. It says, And Saul was there giving approval to his death. It says this, On that day a great 
persecution broke out against the church of Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and more deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. The time, I'll say today, the time is coming when a great persecution will fall upon the church here in America. It could be as soon as an election cycle. Things could change drastically in a a moment. A spirit-empowered ministry will be required to stand strong, to stay faithful, and to make disciples of all nations. And I'd say today, Christians, we need the supernatural help of the Holy Spirit. If you agree with me, would you stand with me this morning? And let's just simply just take a few moments just to to ask God for his help. No matter what you're going through today, the answer is that we need Jesus. We need his presence. We need his power. Whether there's persecution or strife or tribulation, we need his help to accomplish the vision the call that he's called us to do, to make disciples of all the nations, to love God with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our soul, all of our strength, to love our neighbor as ourself, to obey everything he's commanded us. We need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the supernatural help. So Jesus, we just call upon you today. We ask you for your help today, Lord Jesus. Lord, we need your presence. We need your power. We need need your enabling presence in us. Empowering presence go before us. Jesus, we, we recognize our need for you. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, if there is someone in this room that needs to, to make their things right with you, Jesus. Maybe they're not serving you. Maybe they're not following you today. Jesus will be that day they, they choose to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They choose to make him the Lord and Savior of their life. If that's you today in your heart, would you say, Jesus, I choose to follow you. Jesus, I turn away from my sins. I turn away from my mistakes. I turn away from that heart that I had that was rebellious towards you, Jesus. And by faith, I accept what you have done on the cross for my sins, for my heart, for my life. Jesus, would you set me free? Jesus, would you change me from the inside out? Jesus, help me to live completely for you. And Jesus says, before you go, wait. So Lord, we we just wait upon you. 
we wait upon you. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need your power. We recognize our need. On our own, Lord Jesus, where we could be very inconsistent, inadequate, but with you, we can shake the nations. We can shake our schools. We can shake our families through the power of the Holy Spirit, our communities, our neighborhoods. Jesus, would you do that through us, just ordinary people serving an extraordinary, supernatural God? Lord, we're just crazy enough to believe that you are who you said you are, that you will do what you said you will do. Just as you did it before, you will continue to do it. Jesus, we thank you for that promise. Use us. Send us out of this place. Send us out of this place as your missionaries to make a difference, to share the good news pray for the lost. See your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.